0: Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, Brooks Childress with you here on this Wednesday. First show back since Christmas. Again, we will be off air next Monday for New Year's. So, again, stay tuned these next couple days with full shows right here in Tiger 95.9. With that, we go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line where we welcome on Joe Bartle of RotoWire today to the show joe i hope you had a great holiday i hope you got a little bit of rest and again right back at it here as we get towards the end of this nfl season
1: yeah two more weeks of the regular season yet the postseason as well at least from borderware's perspective so plenty of fantasy stuff even though for a lot of people you're likely out of your fantasy league a lot of football to uh, at least follow along.
0: yes sir well we do have a uh, tom here who's in the consolation championship i guess the Fifth place, sixth place, seventh like place. I don't know. I'm still playing. <laughs> and uh, so he's still got another one. And then, of course, it is championship week for out there for most fantasy leagues. It, uh, let me just start with kind of a broad question. If you are a fantasy manager, you made the championship. Do you try to just, again, the, is the strategy got to be the same since it's what got you there? Or are you still kind of overanalyzing the... Uh, the, the situations with start and sit and with uh, the opponents, what, what kind of uh, strategy are you going with here in championship week? Yeah, I think it's it's much
1: more finite, whereas throughout the rest of the regular season, you're trying to compile a roster that will get you to a point where you're most successful each and every week throughout the entire year. This is the only week that matters for everyone else, For if you're in the championships or, I guess, semifinals for bad leagues out there. The, there are most two weeks left of the season that matters, so you need to be making your roster, most efficient for those final two weeks. If that means taking three different defenses this week to block your opponent from streaming one, you do it. If it means uh, picking up a kicker on Saturday because you see your opponent has one in a, a cold weather situation, you do that as well. You block uh, quarterback streamers. You pick up Clyde Ward's Lair if they need a running back. You can pick up Clyde even if they don't, right? That's probably the primary free agent pickup this week. It is all about making sure your roster is the best, but your opponent's is less than yours. And to me, that means uh, every trick under the book you, you do, you you could cut every single person on your bench if it matters uh, to make sure you're blocking your opponent. You're doing what it takes to win.
0: Let's talk about some of these, uh, again, roster developments. There's been a few significant ones at quarterback each and every week, it feels like. Obviously, you got to continue to monitor Trevor Lawrence as he has not played well. He's played through some injuries, but has not played well the last couple weeks. You also have Russell Wilson, who has been – uh, benched, I guess, for more of a contract situation there, playing Jared Stidham. How does that affect the Broncos and the Jaguars and any fantasy options you might want in those two teams?
1: Yeah, really it's troubling situation, that thing, for fantasy managers. Not that you're really playing Russell Wilson, but a guy like Cortland Sutton now, he got uh, concussed. We'll see it's a short week whether or not he's able to go ahead and play I would anticipate no, which has been why everyone has uh, clinging to Jerry Judy but if it's Jared Stidham throwing at Jerry Judy and other pieces, well, that's not really all that attractive to me. And I almost wonder if that makes Javante Williams more of an enticing piece given he'll have checkdowns or whatever else. I think Javante Williams probably is the biggest winner of Jared Stidham taking over for the Broncos, although I'm not sure how much that really matters. And uh, in, in the case of Trevor Lawrence, I would anticipate he does not play. We had the concussion symptoms a couple of weeks ago. We had a, a bad ankle as well where he somehow came back from it. A right shoulder sprain is a completely different animal, and I would be stunned if he's able to throw and throw consistently uh, to the point where Jacksonville's offense is going to be able to benefit from him. in there. Not that I think C.J. Beathard is better than a 60% version of Trevor Lawrence, but at some point you have to be mindful of the future of your franchise, and I still think Lawrence is certainly that despite all the injuries. So I, I actually would anticipate you don't see Trevor Lawrence at all, so I don't know if it's picking up Jared Stidham or uh, who will be my boy this week, Nick Mullins, going against my favorite team and their favorite coordinator, Joe Barry. That defense is going to get annihilated. I know TJ Hawkinson done for the year. Jordan Asson probably doesn't play. You guys right now can be the top two receivers outside Justin Jefferson and Joe Barry will make sure you guys get at least (laughs) 50 yards receiving. I promise you. So Nick Mullins is the guy that you can stream a quarterback this week if you need to. Uh,
0: Looking over the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, I I asked you about this uh, uh, maybe two weeks ago I asked about this because there were some signs that some things were going on. And it still hasn't seemed to get better. So, I mean, if you're a fantasy owner of Travis Kelsey, if you're a fantasy owner of Mahomes, if you're a fantasy owner of any of those guys on Kansas City's offense, are you really concerned right now?
1: Yeah, and uh, I was I was wrong two weeks ago. I think things are certainly troubling. And Mahomes sunk me in one league. That was really the only other league I had made it to this point. And it's been frustrating. Rasheed Rice has been great. And I actually think if you are a Chiefs fan or kind of following that offense, that he's developed into – I believe a bona fide starter. I don't know if the number one is the correct term. And I don't know if that matters in that offense. I think he's a bona fide starter. It's great. But how many more years do you have of Travis Kelsey even performing up to this kind of level or a little bit less? I would say certainly less than two. So if the idea is, all right, well, Mahomes is going to be able to carry us. Well, he hasn't with Canaries, Tony, MVS, and an aging Travis Kelsey. That's a lot of things you need to replace, even if Rasheed Rice has done well. And, oh, by the way, contract still is expensive. Offensive line needs retooling at times. I mean, there's some legitimate issues that I really wasn't uh, comfortable looking at, and at this point with, with matchups they've had the past couple of weeks, there's no certain time where I'm like, yep, this is an obvious play from homes, other than you're just hoping off a blind instinct and kind of a 50 yards rushing guarantee that he gives you uh, that, that you're going to have some beneficial opportunities. I think with no likely no Pacheco, I don't think he's been ruled out yet, but uh, concussion and just had surgery on his shoulder a couple of weeks ago, Jarek McKinnon injured reserve, Edward Solaire is the one that benefits i do like if you're in a really deep league i'm thinking like 16 team you got 20 man benches like you're really bottom of the barrel denaric prince who will likely be the practice squad call for the chiefs he's going to split time with with that offense and i think ends up kind of in that 70 30 split does that make prince uh enough of a fantasy start probably not but he's at least a name worth mentioning again if you are trying to block your opponent you obviously pick edwards lair but i think prince becomes another one that you have to consider too Joe, you, know, you mentioned Edward Solaris is one of the guys that a lot of people are going to be picking up from the waiver uh, wires, free agency this week. Uh, who are some more guys that you, you think could play a real factor in some people's championships that may not be on their rosters right now? Yeah, so Edward alaris is the top one. Uh, when we did the podcast Tuesday, I think he was only rostered in like 30% of leagues and maybe they had uh, first-come, first-served Yahoo leagues that you were seeing that number. So I would assume Edward alaris was widely available for most people. Then there's going to be K.J. Osborne. I mentioned T.J. Hawkinson done for the season for the Vikings. I, I don't anticipate Jordan Addison playing. I don't know if he's been ruled out yet, but there needs to be number two receiver. Osborne already, I think, benefits as the blocker. He won't be the tight end. You're going to see uh, Josh Oliver, former, formerly of the Jacksonville Jaguars, take over as the starting tight end, but he's not really the receiving guy. K.J. Osborne's value is as a blocker and that he can be a, a good pass catcher. We talked about Joe Barry, worst coordinator, uh, certainly in the league currently, and I think nearing all-time worst coordinators. K.J. Osborne is going to be successful to the point where I think he is an obvious pickup in play this week. Justice Hill was another one. Uh, we saw Keaton Mitchell two weeks ago tear his ACL done for the season, so who's beneficiaring from that? It's not Gus Edwards. It was uh, Justice Hill between the 20s. Nick Mullins I mentioned too, and then if you are looking for a defense, uh, I, I know the Panthers looked really good against my Packers last week, but I trust that the Panthers' offense is going to be bad like it has been all rest of the season, so Jacksonville's defense is the top-streaming option, and the over-under, uh, at least Vegas-wise, said it could be really darn close to one of the lowest-scoring games of Week 17. So that, that always makes me feel more comfortable going that direction, too. And then, Joe, I've got a personal question for my fantasy team looking at this week. I, it's nothing, you know, I'm not in a championship. I'm in, like, a fifth-place game or whatever. Jake Browning or Tua Tagovailoa, who are you starting Yeah, and I I have uh, Kyler Murray, Tua, and I'm going to at least pick up Nick Mullins. I don't know if I want to start him or not. It's really interesting that the Tua offense against uh, Baltimore makes me nervous. I would typically play Jake Browning, but I think Jake Browning uh, this week's matchup also against that Chiefs defense makes me me anxious. I'm playing Tua over Jake Browning, and I'm going to play Nick Mullins over Tua. But Kyler Murray, who also in an interesting spot against the Eagles, That was kind of my cutoff point. I would would play Kyler Murray over all those guys. So I would go Kyler Murray, uh, I would play Nick Mullins over Tua, and then Tua over Jake Browning.
0: All right. Uh, Joe, with the couple of big matchups, and there are a couple of huge ones, that that Dolphins-Ravens game Mm -hmm. included, you mentioned a little bit of hesitancy for Tua, uh, and Miami's defense has just not been awesome. I I know that they were able to hold Dallas down a little bit in the the bowl game in, in terms of, actually playing a team above 500 and winning one. But, I mean, what is Miami's chances there to produce some of this offense that we've seen be so awesome uh, this year in Baltimore?
1: Yeah, and I think I saw that Miami defense is like eighth since week eight, the return of Jalen Ramsey in EPA, which is one of the, the more advanced stats that people use to determine if a defense is good. So I I actually think there is some, some benefit to saying the Dolphins defense will have some fantasy relevance um, and could stop the Ravens. I think it's going to be lower scoring. Uh, the over-under was close to 47 or 48 yesterday. I'm taking the under on that. I'm anticipating the Ravens' struggle. I think that the Dolphins' offense struggles a little bit, too. And, again, I, I would bench, too, if I had better options. And the issue is, do you have better options? Guys like Raheem Mostert, Tyree Kill, uh, you're all you're playing those ones, Jalen Waddle. The Devon H.N., I think I can confidently say I don't want Devon H.N. in my lineup this week. Um, I've been wrong about that for two months straight, it feels like. But this is one of the very few times where I would feel like, oh, yeah, i got to use him. Um, I, I think there are lesser options overall on the Week 17 slate because that Dolphins-Ravens game really occupies a lot of fancy guys that you're going to feel confident can't do anything.
0: And, Joe, the big one Saturday night between Detroit and Dallas, and kind of hard to believe that the top has regressed to the point where Detroit could still get a one seed, depending on what happens. I mean, Dallas is now kind of a long odds to be the division winner. Now Philly's got another game on them. But uh, what do you think of the match between Lions and Cowboys?
1: Yeah, I I think the Eagles are going to have that number one seed pretty locked in. And I felt that way even after the Cowboys beat them, um, that they lost to the Seahawks was kind of a weird circumstance. Yeah, I think there's a lot of offense. So conversely, where I thought Dolphins, Ravens under on their total I will slam the over on the Cowboys uh, Lions game. I don't think there's a lot of defense overall, and uh, the concern for Jared Goff is: can he do this in cold weather? Can he be successful? We're going to have at least one game in Detroit, having won the NFC North, but we don't see that. I-, I think there are going to be opportunities for the Cowboys defense to jump some plays. Um, Jared Goff, you know, notably doesn't have a lot of arm strength, so you you can kind of be uh, reactionary and play instinct on those out routes, but. Amon Ross St. Brown uh, is going to tear up that middle of the field. I think Sam LaPorta is going to have a really great week, too. Uh, It's just going to be a matter of can the Cowboys continue to score points. And while there's been some issues the past couple weeks, maybe not getting other guys besides C.D. Lamb involved, involved, that's going to change. I think the Lions defense is certainly open uh, to get picked apart by good offenses, and the Cowboys, I think, are still one of the best in the league. I I anticipate the Cowboys win. Uh, I think you're going to see both teams score at least uh, you know t- four scores 24, 24 something like
0: that uh and i, I think there'll be a lot of fancy goodness all around he's joe bartle of rotowire joining us today on sports call joe one more question for you before we let you go uh again with this week being the last week for fantasy managers and, and trying to win a championship what's the best championship gift for a fantasy league
1: Best championship gift? Oh, that's a really interesting question. Cash is great. Uh, as somebody that has certainly felt the inflation rise this year, I think uh, cash is always a wonderful prize. But most people are getting that. I, I always love the leagues where you have the uh, loser prizes that uh, typically embarrass said loser. Those are always fun ones to me. I, I've i been really prone to enjoying the, the, the championship belts. They might be a little bit cumbersome. Uh, but as somebody that loves the rest wrestling and WWE to be able to hold up a belt of some sort is always a dream. So I, I like that from a fantasy perspective and it's one of those, like t- a traveling thing. I you know my friends and family that we do now for, boy, you know, 12 years at this point, we have just a trophy, but the, the name engraved, you see it every year. The history part is an underrated reason as to why I love fantasy, whether you've been in the league for two years or 20 years. Um, I think everyone really cares about that aspect too. So if you have the belt and there's some way to at least, uh, have a moniker to determine who won each year. That's the best kind of reward, I think, uh, outside of financial stuff.
0: He's Joe Bartle of roto with us again today on Sp- Sports Call. Joe, uh, again, you have a busy schedule still as we have a couple more weeks of football. What do you have going on this week?
1: Yeah, we already have the uh, the big betting sheet, which you posted yesterday. Uh, because of the holidays, we didn't do any write-ups in the game, but just went over all the over-unders and the spreads, and we did the podcast as well discussing edward Solaire, we actually went through a pretty in-depth start questions last 15 minutes of the podcast too so uh anywhere you list to podcasts right we to our fantasy sports the tuesday edition the WaveWire show jake and i did that next week uh we'll kind of uh do a full circle recap of all the different wave wire pickups that were successful we'll, we'll talk about uh, first round mock drafts we're already to that point in the fantasy season we're discussing next year's Plans for it too. So there's a lot of content uh, to come, and if you aren't interested in, or you have a major championship, we should say we have fantasy basketball content, college basketball content as well on the site, uh, and we are gearing up for fantasy baseball. We're about three weeks away from fantasy baseball season really getting into full gear, and uh, it, it certainly goes off and running when uh, pitchers and catchers return too. So, uh, lots and lots of content on Rodaware. You can get access to the site for free: slash radio gives you two-day access to, I think, radio or rotowire.com slash pod. Either one of those will get you access to the site for free for a bit.
0: A lot of great stuff to check out there for sure. Again, Joe Bartle of Rotowire with us today. Joe, as always, we certainly appreciate the time. Hard to believe the season is almost over, but we certainly appreciate you, and we look forward to talking to you again uh, next week. All right. Thanks for having me on.